Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Saturday, January 20th. Happy National Disc Jockey Day, which if you're under 50, you may not know, disc jockeys are the guys that used to spin records on the radio. And records were these big dinner plate looking things that we used to play music on for cassettes, which is how we listened to music before CDs, which is how we did it before MP3s, which is how we did it before Spotify. Y'all Gen Xers feeling old yet? And this one could also be called Bible Y'all Paul Day. Cause I've been told I got a face for radio. Body too, for that matter. I mean, I'm not out of shape. Round is a shape. And I demand to be accepted even though the only thing I can get in anymore is sweatpants. Cause today is International Sweatpants Day and the International Day of Acceptance. Go figure. And speaking of acceptance for the funny shaped, the calendar people blew a great opportunity. Cause yesterday was Women's Healthy Weight Day. And I was going to make a bunch of snarky cross-references, but fortunately the filter caught it, so I won't. But there is something called the Fat Acceptance Movement that wants to wipe out Women's Healthy Weight Day. They say that being even morbidly obese should be considered healthy. Except it ain't. Obesity-related stuff kills even more people than the clot shot. They are onto something, though, because while one half of the beast system's pushing girls to be fat, the other half wants them to think more than 1% body fat is disgusting. And that's a lie too. But there is a third option, what we call the truth. Figure out what's best for your body and try to hover around that. And fellas, long as we're on the subject, if your woman ever asks if these pants make her look fat, you do not say, it ain't the pants. You say no, cause she's not really asking if she looks fat. She's asking if you think she's gross. And trust me, you do not. Our reading for today is Genesis 41, 17 through 42, 17, Matthew 13, 24 through 46, Psalm 18, 1 through 15, and Proverbs 4, 1 through 6. So if y'all are ready, other unacceptable answers include not at Walmart and get the rest of the way in and I'll tell you, it's the wrong time to go for a laugh. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, so yesterday, on the 19th in the Old Testament, we read Genesis 39.1 through 41.16. And when we last left Joseph, his brothers had sold him into slavery in Egypt, where Potiphar, the captain of the guard for Pharaoh, bought him. And God was with Joseph, and he did a good job. And Potiphar ends up putting him in charge of his whole household, paying all the bills and everything. And God blesses Potiphar for Joseph's sake, so he's doing okay. Until... His master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. And Joe's like, Are you crazy? Your husband has been good to me. You think I'm going to sin against him like this? Not to mention it's a sin against God. But turns out she is crazy, and this psycho-fatal attraction wouldn't leave him alone about it. And one day, she gets rid of all the other men in the house, and when Joe shows up for work, she physically attacks him and tries to force him to lie with her. But he scorns her and runs out of the house but she grabs a hold of his jacket and tears it off of him before he goes. So she goes to her husband and accuses Joe of trying to assault her and is like, see, here's his jacket, that proves it. And Potiphar throws him in prison. He did not kill him, which means he probably knew his wife was some kind of sex fiend and Joseph was innocent. But what's he going to do, take the word of a slave over his wife? And this was the second time Joseph's coat was used to make a false report about him. 
In both cases, he'd been serving faithfully, but in both cases, Joseph ended up in bondage. And I don't know what that means, but it's got to be something. But again, God was with Joseph, and he ends up being the warden's right-hand man in prison. So chapter 40, time goes by, and the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker offended the king somehow and got thrown in prison. And the word butler in Hebrew is mashge, which means drink giver. And elsewhere, that's translated cupbearer. But whatever, he's an important guy. And while they're there, both of them have these really troubling dreams. And I'm not going to reread the whole thing, even though I'm tempted to. But they tell Joseph, and he interprets the dreams for them. And he's like, I got good news and bad news. Cupbearer, in three days, you're going back to work. And when you do, I'd appreciate it if you'd put in a good word for me with Pharaoh and maybe get me out of here. So the baker's like, well, what's the bad news? Joe's like, oh yeah, that. Well, you're not going back to work. You're getting your head chopped off. So I'd appreciate it if you'd like lose my number. And that's how it played out. But the butler guy forgot all about him and left him to rot in prison. God, however, did not forget him. And in chapter 41, a couple years later, Pharaoh has some troubling dreams about seven fat cows that come up out of the Nile and immediately get eaten by these seven emaciated gaunt cows. So that's freaky. Mm -hmm. So he goes back to sleep and dreams it again, except this time it's ears of corn instead of cows. And by this point, he thinks he's going nuts. And none of his regular magicians and stuff could interpret the dream. Then the butler's like, hey, I know a guy, and tells the king about Joseph. So they get Joe all cleaned up and bring him to Pharaoh, who's like, I hear you can interpret dreams. And Joe's like, not me, boss. It's Jehovah God that does it. I just repeat what he tells me. And that cliffhanger is where we stopped reading. Joseph, the dreamer, a young man, and he feared God. Despite every setback, he trusted God. And maybe those dreams God gave him earlier. And then in the New Testament, we read Matthew 12, 46 through 13, 23. And Jesus is still speechifying to the multitude and dogging out the Pharisees. When somebody comes to him and says, your mom and your brothers are outside wanting to talk to you. And what most people think is they were not really on board with this whole Messiah thing he had going on. Not yet anyway. And were worried he was about to get himself into trouble, which was a valid concern. The Pharisees were already plotting to kill him. So they were probably there to take him home. But Jesus got a Jesus. And he says, who are my mother and my brothers? All these people right here, that's who. And he didn't mean it disrespectfully. It's just that his family was still outside of what he was doing, not yet part of the kingdom. After he comes back from the dead, they're like, well, maybe there's something to this. But right now, not so much. And in chapter 13, later that same day, Jesus goes down to the beach and stands in a boat and addresses the multitude on shore. He tells them the parable of the sower, which I'm also tempted to read the whole thing again. But the thing is, he throws out this parable and doesn't explain it to nobody. So his disciples pull him aside and are like, what gives? He answered and said unto them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Remember me telling you how God doesn't want everybody to know because if he just proves himself, that's not faith. Well, here's an example. It's not that he doesn't want you to know ever necessarily, but some things he wants you to put in the work on first. For whosoever hath to him shall be given and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away even that he hath. And also Isaiah prophesied of all these dull religious types that by hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see and shall not perceive. So there's that. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Even the prophets are jealous of you because of what you get to see and hear. 
Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. And he explains his parable to them, which his disciples were the only ones who ever got parables explained to them. Probably so they'd write them down for us. And I don't want to read the whole thing again here either. But it has to do with the conditions of people's hearts who hear the word. Sometimes Satan interferes with you taking it to heart. Sometimes it's the cares of the world. Sometimes people cave under persecution or tribulation. But every now and then people really do plant it deep and it produces fruit. Jesus says if we don't understand the parable of the sower, we can't understand all the parables. And it is. It's all about how our hearts hear and why they don't hear. And hearing determines how fruitful we are. So this is a foundational parable to meditate on. And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 17, 1-15. And that's a prayer of David. He's calling out to God to hear him, because he's doing his best to live right. He says, I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. He says, I have kept me from the paths of the destroyer. But he acknowledges he needs God's help. He says, hold up my goings in thy paths, that my footsteps slip not. But he has faith that God will hear him and protect him. After all this talking to God in prayer, David wraps it up like this. Verse 15 in the Amplified Version. As for me, I shall see your face in righteousness. I will be fully satisfied when I awake to find myself seeing your likeness. I mean, it's no wonder God says David is a man after his heart. In the Young's literal translation, it says it this way. In 1 Samuel 13, 14, God sought a man according to God's own heart. It's like God saying, that's my boy. So we can learn a lot about communicating with God through David's Psalms. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 3, 33-35, which says, The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but he blesseth the habitation of the just. Surely he scorneth the scorners. But he giveth grace unto the lowly. The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the promotion of fools. And all three of those verses say pretty much the exact same thing. It's like I'm always saying, you get what you ask for. Not usually what you want, but you get what you ask for. So, we choose by practice. And I like to break out, the first one is wickedness or twistedness instead of justice or right. will bring either a curse or a blessing. And then we get into the scoffers. And, and to me, this is like caustic humor, thinking it's so smart. They're so funny. But in humility is where we find grace. God will treat this person the way he treats others, like they're nothing, something to make fun of. And then wanting wisdom and glory, but settling for the promotion of fools, you get shame. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for January 20th is Genesis 41:17 through 42:17. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, In my dream, behold, I stood upon the bank of the river, and behold, there came up out of the river seven kine, fat-fleshed and well-favored, and they fed in a meadow. And behold, seven other kine came up after them, poor and very ill-favored, and lean-fleshed, such as I never saw in all the land of Egypt for badness. And the lean and the ill-favored kind did eat up the first seven fat kind. And when they had eaten them up, it could not be known that they had eaten them. But they were still ill-favored, as at the beginning. So I awoke, and I saw in my dream, and behold, seven ears came up in one stalk, full and good. And behold, seven ears, withered, thin, and blasted with the east wind, sprung up after them. And the thin ears devoured the seven good ears. And I told this unto the magicians, but there was none that could declare it to me. 
And Joseph said unto Pharaoh, The dream of Pharaoh is one. God hath shewed Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good kind are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. The dream is one. And the seven thin and ill-favored kind that came up after them are seven years. And the seven empty ears blasted with the east wind shall be seven years of famine. This is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he sheweth unto Pharaoh. Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt, and there shall arise after them seven years of famine, and all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine shall consume the land, and the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of that famine following, for it shall be very grievous. And for that the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because the thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. Now therefore, let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise, and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this, and let him appoint officers over the land, and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years, and let them gather all the food of those good years that come, and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh, and let them keep food in the cities. And that food shall be for store to the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land perish not through the famine. And the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh, and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a one as this is, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, Forasmuch as God hath shewed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house. And according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand, and put it upon Joseph's hand, and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen, and put a gold chain about his neck. And he made him to ride in the second chariot which he had. And they cried before him, Bow the knee. And he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name zaphnath paaneah And he gave him to wife Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On. And Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. And Joseph was thirty years old when he stood before Pharaoh king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh, and went throughout all the land of Egypt. And in the seven plenteous years the earth brought forth by handfuls. And he gathered up all the food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt, and laid up the food in the cities. The food of the field, which was round about every city, laid he up in the same. And Joseph gathered the corn as the sand of the sea, very much, until he left numbering, for it was without number. And unto Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came, which Asenath the daughter of Potipharah, priest of An, bare unto him. And Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. For God, said he, hath made me forget all my toil, and all my father's house. And the name of the second he called Ephraim. For God hath caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. And the seven years of plenteousness that was in the land of Egypt were ended. And the seven years of dearth began to come, according as Joseph had said. And the dearth was in all lands, but in all the land of Egypt there was bread. And when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. And Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians, Go unto Joseph, what he saith to you, do. And the famine was over all the face of the earth. And Joseph opened all the storehouses, and sold unto the Egyptians, and the famine waxed sore in the land of Egypt. And all countries came into Egypt to Joseph for to buy corn, because that the famine was so sore in all lands. Chapter 42 Now when Jacob saw that there was corn in Egypt, Jacob said unto his sons, 
Why do ye look one upon another? And he said, Behold, I have heard that there is corn in Egypt. Get you down thither, and buy for us from thence, that we may live and not die. And Joseph's ten brethren went down to buy corn in Egypt. But Benjamin, Joseph's brother, Jacob sent not with his brethren. For he said, Lest peradventure mischief befall him. And the sons of Israel came to buy corn among those that came. For the famine was in the land of Canaan. And Joseph was the governor over the land. And he it was that sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brethren came, and bowed down themselves before him with their faces to the earth. And Joseph saw his brethren, and he knew them, but made himself strange unto them, and spake roughly unto them. And he said unto them, Whence come ye? And they said, From the land of Canaan to buy food. And Joseph knew his brethren, but they knew not him. And Joseph remembered the dreams which he dreamed of them, and said unto them, Ye are spies, to see the nakedness of the land ye are come. And they said unto him, Nay, my lord, but to buy food are thy servants come. We are all one man's sons. We are true men. Thy servants are no spies. And he said unto them, Nay, but to see the nakedness of the land ye are come. And they said, Thy servants are twelve brethren, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. And behold, the youngest is this day with our father, and one is not. And Joseph said unto them, That is it that I spake unto you, saying, Ye are spies. Hereby ye shall be proved. By the life of Pharaoh ye shall not go forth hence, except your youngest brother come hither. Send one of you, and let him fetch your brother, and ye shall be kept in prison, that your words may be proved, whether there be any truth in you, or else by the life of Pharaoh surely you are spies. And he put them all together into ward three days. And our reading in the New Testament for January 20th is Matthew thirteen twenty-four through 46 Another parable put he forth unto them saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat, and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up, and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? He said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Another parable spake he unto them. The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal, till the whole was leavened. All these things spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables, and without a parable spake he not unto them, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. Then Jesus sent the multitude away, and went into the house, and his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that soweth them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity, 
and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had, and bought it. Our reading in Psalms for January 20th is Psalm 18, 1-15. To the chief musician, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies, and from the hand of Saul. And he said, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress I called upon the Lord, and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him even into his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations also of the hills moved, and were shaken because he was wroth. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils, and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down, and darkness was under his feet. And he rode upon a cherub and did fly. Yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place. His pavilion round about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. At the brightness that was before him, his thick clouds passed, hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the highest gave his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. Yea, he sent out his arrows and scattered them and he shot out lightnings and discomfited them. Then the channels of waters were seen, and the foundations of the world were discovered at thy rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of thy nostrils. And our reading in Proverbs for January 20th is Proverbs 4, 1-6. Hear, ye children, the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Forsake ye not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. And that will do it for the 20th. Okay, y'all, let's do our 30-second meditation. Today's prayer is about Romans 8.28 which says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. So hit the 30-second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on the big picture, because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, Your Word tells us that in this life perilous times will come. Indeed, the world will hate us even more once we become Your children, and many difficulties and tribulations will befall us. But your word also tells us that what the world means for evil, you can use for good. And what we think is evil, while unpleasant, may actually be what's best. We need but to have faith in you to see this big picture. And it's faith that allows us to forgive those who wrong us. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father. Amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yallin' I got for you tonight. 
Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody listening and let this podcast be helpful to them in some kind of way. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google CastBox, and Facebook. If you like Bible Y'all and you want to support it, best thing y'all can do is to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family. And if you got anything you need praying over, email me at BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you can't make things any better, just don't make them any worse. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all. Probably pharaoh No, sesostris. Sesostris. Skip it.